all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. I'm just leave it up there. You couldn't make that if you tried that again. Welcome in. Let's get buckets. I'm your host, Matt Moore, senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined today by Brandon Anderson and Raheem Palmer. Finally back with me after a couple of weeks. You can catch them on our excellent, amazing, awesome Action Network podcast. We've got an NHL preview up. We've got an MLB preview up. And the boys have podcasts for you on Mondays and Fridays, including the Hot Read, which is an absolutely essential listen if you bet NFL, you want to be listening to the hot read. You also want to check out our Fantasy Flex podcast. You want to check out our golf podcast. You want to check out all the stuff that we have. You want to check it out. We have so many great podcasts. Check out all the great podcasts on the Action Network Podcast Network. Action Network Podcast Network. Yes, the Action Network Podcast Network. Uh, also check out The Favorites with Simon Hunter and Chad Millman. It is must listen every week for NFL betting. Every piece of information that you hear tonight is available in our Action Network app, an award-winning app that is the best way for you to track your bets. You get up to the second stat updates. I've been in the arena and our our app will update before the television. Like we, Our app is faster than the TV feed. I have tracked it from arena to app to television. Uh, it's also got all of our analysis, including I have written... Win total previews for all 30 teams because I'm deranged. So all 30 NBA win totals are available. And that brings us to today. First, I have a question. Instead of asking you guys, how are you doing? Because I always think that's a waste of time. Brandon, what's the best bet you made this week? The best bet I made this week was Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus 310 to win by one to six points over the Patriots on Sunday night. That one came exactly according to script. How I, I'm, uh, we'll talk about it later. Raheem, what was the, what was <laughs> your best bet this week? Um, I had so many bets this week. I can't even remember, but I, you know, I went 12 and two in NFL on Sunday last night. I actually hit on the Houston Rockets live against the wizards. I think the best bet I actually made was just new for me. I don't really do parlays, but I did a parlay with the Cowboys, the Browns and the giants money line. Nice, nice. Uh, Brandon, I like how Raheem's answer to what was your best bet this week and he dropped his 12 and two as if to say all of them, all of them were my best <laughs> bets. That was the best bet I made this week, Matt. All of them, cash money. All right, today's episode, very excited. So if you have missed it, last two episodes, I went over the win totals for the Eastern and Western Conference with Alex Christensen, aka Noops. On today's show, we are doing a draft. We are going to draft win totals over or under. You only get to use the team once. And we're going to go through this pick by pick. Brandon, what are the other rules that the audience needs to know about? So if you are correct, like if the line is 31 and a half and your team wins 32 and you go over, then you get one point for that. So one point for each win over or under your total, if you are correct, up to 10 max points. If you are incorrect, you just get a flat minus three points. And then we add up at the end. We're going a couple of minutes on each team, and that's pretty much it. All right, let's get going here so that our producer, Dan Titus, isn't up until 7 a.m. Uh, working on producing this podcast. Uh, so he has better sleep hours than Raheem Palmer, who told me he has not slept in a full day. Welcome to NFL and NBA season. All right, I'm kicking off. I have the first pick. I'm starting the timer. My first pick in the Buckets win totals draft, I'm taking the Utah Jazz over 51 and a half. This number is absolutely absurd. Are you, are you serious? They're projected, okay, Pythagorean expectation based off of point differential versus strength of schedule last year was 68. So you're telling me that the Jazz, who return every single piece of their key rotation, like there's nobody that's key gone. The only guy that got moved was favors who had the worst net rating of any rotation player on the team. He's back. So everybody else comes back. They have the easiest rest adjusted schedule in the league for positive residual. And it's front light. What I mean by that is the first three months of the season, they have an absolutely cakewalk of a schedule. So they're going to rack up this massive win total and then be able to coast through. So even if they pick up injuries later, I'm going to have cushion at the front end. This number is patently absurd. As long as Rudy Gobert is healthy, and I think Donovan Mitchell is the best player on that team, as long as Rudy Gobert is healthy and they can execute drop scheme, which is what everybody runs, but nobody runs as well as the Jazz, 
Utah is going to get 55 wins. I like them to finish with the best record in the Western Conference. I like them for the one seed. I like them uh, to be in perfect position for Raheem and I to fade them into oblivion in the playoffs. I am taking with the first pick the Utah Jazz over 51 and a half, which is still on the board at minus 120 at DraftKings. Any response? I love it. I have nothing. I, I can't argue with that at all. That was going to be one of my picks. So I'm kind of hating that you took it. Yeah, I'm on the over too. The only real reason they go under here is if Rudy Gobert gets a major injury, I think. Otherwise, they look good. They actually added some depth this year. I like Rudy Gay on that team. So Jazz look good. All right. I feel good right off the bat. So clearly, sorry, Jazz fans. Bad things are definitely <laughs> waiting for you. Raheem, you are on the clock. Okay. I'm going with the Indiana Pacers over 42 and a half. There's one place in sports where you can buy an edge, and that's coaching. Obviously, they bought an edge by bringing in Rick Carlisle, who's going to change this total team around. When I look at the Indiana Pacers, they were really snake-bitten last year. They lost Miles Turner. He only played 47 games last year. And obviously, he's the catalyst for their defense. Their defense is 4.6 points per 100 possessions better with Miles Turner on the floor. You get him back. You get Rick Carlisle. You get a healthy roster and better coaching. Anything else you look at their schedule, they have the, the the fourth highest differential of rest advantage games versus rest disadvantage games. I think they go over with ease. I like it. They were one of my best bets. I've cooled on them slightly. The TJ Warren injury with him being out for an unforeseen amount of time, that's concerning. The depth got, I think, a little bit worse. I don't like the moving Aaron Holiday. His advanced numbers were bad, but I like him as a player. My only other concern here is the trade talks. So Turner's been involved in trade talks consistently, and there's been this really persistent idea that the team may reach a point where they say, we can't make it work with Sabonis and Turner. One of them has to go. And if they trade Turner, I don't think that they're – like. There's, I don't know that they're going to be able to navigate a situation where they get enough back to hit the over. It's a little concerning for me, but – I am with you just like, look, the roster is really good. Damana Sabonis, Malcolm Brogdon, Holiday, like uh, Turner's really good. Turner's underrated. He's one of the best defensive players in the league. With Carlisle, I think that they, I think this is a good over. I'm not as bullish as I was, say, a month ago, but I, I still think this is a good pick. Yeah, before last year, when everyone was hurt, the Pacers had won or paced to win 48 or more in the three straight seasons before that. So there's a lot of talent there. Carlisle does a great job at maximizing talent. So I'm excited to see what he does with TJ Warren, with Miles Turner, if those guys stay healthy. I like that one too. Brandon, first pick. All right. My first pick, I'm taking the Houston Rockets under 27.5 wins. I think the Rockets are the worst team in the NBA. Uh, I actually thought this was a typo. I woke up this morning in a cold sweat and had to check again to make sure this is the actual line that is out there. I'm going for 10 points on this one. I think the Rockets, if they are bad, could be very bad and lose a lot of games. They want to lose a lot of games. They want to keep their pick. This is the worst defense in basketball. There's just not any defense on that team. The offense, I don't know, is going to be too much better. Uh, I like Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green, but I love to bet against young guards leading offenses early on. So I think there's going to be exciting to watch, but a lot of ugly offense there. John Wall, Kelly Olenek, they were actually decent, like quality NBA players. So taking them off this roster, leaving a lot of young guys, I just think the Rockets could be really bad. So I think they end up with 15, 20 wins. I'm going under Rockets, 27 and a half. I don't mind it at all. I think taking the teams that are likely to tank is always a good approach because in the NBA motivation is, a, is the biggest factor in regular season performance. And if the Rockets get to all-star and they're like, hey, you know, Jalen's probably going to win it, win rookie of the year. And we've done what we wanted. We got a little bit better, but now we need to position for draft because in future seasons, you know, 2024 starts they're one through four protected and that's it. They're going to need to start being better to avoid giving up real draft capital to OKC in that spot. So uh, I don't mind it. I will say this, this one's interesting in that 27 and a half is on the board uh, for the under 24 and a half is on the board. 25 is on the board as well. If you're going to get this one, I do think you need to make sure that you get the 27 and a half that are on the board. Um, you can get that at points. Bet is available. Uh, Bet MGM has a 27 and a half uh, as of yesterday. Make sure that you're getting the best of this number, because I do think that that if you if they are if Brandon's not right, that they're not the worst team in, in basketball, then I think you're in a little bit of a, of a spot of having issues in terms of getting the 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 under on this. 
Yeah, I saw the 27 and a half at DraftKings as well. So I agree. You don't want to be floating in those mid-20s if it's a bad but not horrible team. You want to get that the best number you can. Uh, all right, I'm back up at the top of the order, and I am going to take this is my favorite one on the board. It's number this is actually number one on my best bets column, which will be out very shortly on Action Network. Oh, Minnesota Timberwolves over 35 and a half. This number has been steamed up. Um, Chris Finch, that's that's my answer here is Chris Finch. Raheem just talked about the value of coaching in the NBA. Ryan Saunders was exceptionally well-liked by literally everyone, front office, players, coaches, agents, executives. Everybody loves Ryan Saunders. I just don't think he did a very good job. I don't know that like maybe his first gig, bright future ahead, et cetera did not translate to the wins that they wanted. Chris Finch, I have, I talked to him in G League. Uh, he worked with Denver and improved their offense. He worked with New Orleans, improved their offense, had time in Toronto. Chris Finch is an awesome coach, especially offensively. And you saw the results late last year when Brandon was losing his mind that the Wolves were not tanking late in the season. One of the things was they were building good habits the preseason opener, look, it's preseason number one. I'm looking for, do you look connected? Do you look excited? Do you look like you're bought in? The Wolves look bought in. I think Towns has a career season. I think the defensive change where they're going to play at the level of the screen instead of playing drop coverage is going to do wonders for Carl Anthony Towns defensively and plays a lot better to this team. I like Anthony Edwards. If they make a trade for Ben Simmons, I think that only boosts my chances of an over by making the defense better. This number to me feels soft. I have, I've already bet the Wolves to make the play-in. I'm maybe taking them to make the playoffs. I have to think a little bit more on that, but I love the over here at 35 and a half. Yeah, I'm excited about the Wolves. I, I'm all in on Finch. This team had so many injuries last year, so getting Towns back healthy and you know just fresh off, off an actual offseason this time, getting D'Lo and Beasley back healthy, they both missed about half the season. I, I am still concerned about the defense. When the defense is so bad, it really limits what the ceiling can be. And I think, too, uh, what is the ceiling on the team? The last two years, they've finished at a win pace of 26 and 27 wins. So the Wolves can improve a lot this year and still not necessarily get into the playoff picture. So I do think they improve a lot. I think they take a big step forward into at least the 30s, mid-high 30s. I don't know in the West if that gets you there. But as a Wolves fan, I am cautiously optimistic. All right, Raheem, you're up for pick number two. I'm going to go with the Dallas Mavericks under 48 and a half. I know this probably, yeah, Let's I know this probably, won't, this probably won't be popular, but when you look at the bet MGM splits, 57% of the public is on the over to 43% on the under, but most of the handle is on the under, and that implies that you're getting a lot of sharp money. Like I said before, there's one place where you can buy an edge in sports, and that's coaching, and they replace Rick Carlisle with Jason Kidd. Jason was, Kidd. Yeah, and I, I just I think that's that's really going to hurt this team. I don't see how the additions of Sterling Brown and Reggie Bull, Bullock improves this team. Obviously, they lose Josh Richardson. This team still is plagued with the biggest issues that they've always had is that Luka Doncic is pretty much the only ball handler on this team outside of Jalen Brunson who's setting guys up and they don't really, they don't really have a good co-star because Chris Straps Przingis is just nowhere to be found. This defense was 20th in defensive rating last year. I don't see how they improve to me. I'm not, I'm not that high on this team. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking on it. I can't blame you for faking kid. Uh, this team is my princess bride team. And what I mean by that is we're seeing in the princess bride movie from uh, the long ago before times uh, in which two guys are trying to figure out uh, they're in a game of wits and they poison one of the, of the wines and the guy's trying to figure out which glass of wine's poisoned. And the guy says, I can't drink the wine in front of you, but you know that. So I can't drink the wine in front of me, etc. That's how I feel with the Mavericks. Uh, it's Luka Doncic, Jason fucking kid, but Luka Doncic, Jason fucking kid. I can't do this. I, I, this is a stay away for me. They're on my stay away because I don't want to get involved, but I applaud you for being a braver man than I. I mean, taking the under on Jason. I look, I, I look at, I look at, to me, Luka Doncic is just pretty much the Slovenian heart. And this team is built like those Rockets teams, but they're less talented and they don't have good defense. They don't have a PJ Tucker. They don't have a Clint Capella. They're just, 
a bunch of guys. So, I mean, I like Tim Hardaway Jr., but I'm not that high on this team. You bring in Jason Kiff, Rick Carlisle, I got to take it. I am the only reason I'm not taking the Mavericks under is because I am betting more aggressively against the Mavericks. I actually oh. think the under is is a fair pick here, but I'm looking at plus 230 to make the play in at FanDuel. That's only a seven seed or worse. I think that's yeah. in play. Plus 450 to miss the playoffs at BetMGM. That means making the play in, but then not winning there. Kind of like Steph Curry last year and the Warriors. Um, I think the Grizzlies are live in the division. I think those teams are relatively even there. So the only reason I wouldn't take the Mavs under is because I think that there are other more profitable ways to fade them if we are right. And I agree with everything else we said, though. I like it. Brandon, what's your uh, second pick? All right. Well, I took the last pick in our draft. I waited a whole extra round. I gave you guys both two picks to take them and save me from doing it. I have to do it. I'm taking my hoodie. The Chicago Bulls. 42 and a half under baby. Wow. Let's fade my hometown bulls. Gross. I know they looked awesome in the first preseason game. I just don't think this roster makes much sense. I understand we, we brought in everyone, DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso, Lonzo ball. I know that everyone agrees. The defense isn't going to be very good. We hope that the defense maybe can get to be average. I think they finished something like 20th. They were a little above average last year, but kind of got helped by Levine being out down the stretch in that respect. My concern is that I'm not sure the offense is going to be great either. If you look at offenses where Vucevic and where DeRozan came from the last couple of years, they weren't very good offenses. They're not modern offenses. They both finished around 20th in the league. And there's a lot of talent here, but I feel like there are so many one-way players either chasing offense or chasing defense. And I don't know how we're going to ever get to a lineup that finds both at once. So I actually have the Bulls fringe top 20 offense and defense in my rankings. And I don't think the Bulls necessarily even make the play in this season. I have them in the 30 to 36 win range. So at 42 and a half, I'm loving this under. I'm a Bulls fan. It's my hometown team. I hope to be wrong. Prove me wrong, but I'm out. I don't believe you that you're a Bulls fan. No one can hate their own team this much. And I know a lot of Bulls fans. Like I've read bloggable for years. I know how much they hate their own team and you go far beyond. This is like the most talented, like even the, the Bulls fans, I know they're huge skeptics are ex genuinely excited about this team. Uh, I think the Bulls are a Rorschach test. I think if you look at them, you, you can, you're going to see whatever you want to see. You're either going to see a terrible defense with mediocre offensive players and nobody that really jumps out and overrated offensive guys like DeMar DeRozan, or you're going to see a team that's got Zach Levine playing an exceptionally high level with multiple weapons, creators, ball handlers, shooting, and honestly, a defense that if you construct it around, if, you're, if your premise is we're going to play dropped scheme, it's probably going to rack up regular season wins. I can't wait to fade this team in the playoffs, but I think they're getting there. I understand going with the over, I, uh, under. I get it. I understand it. I just think that everyone can kind of choose what they want to uh, to believe with the Bulls. Yeah, I'm actually against you on this. When you look at them last year, they were they were 11th in defense, and I think the offense is going to improve so much. I think Billy Donovan is such a major upgrade over over Boylan, who they had the year before. I think with this more talented roster, they might be a playoff team. All right, with my third pick in the win totals draft. I am taking the Denver Nuggets over 47 and a half. I cover the Nuggets here in Denver. Uh, I have a podcast locked on Nuggets. Uh, I have covered this team for nine seasons. They're the team that I cover the most because they're my local team. So there's always this kind of concern of, of beat writers, even if they're objective, because you see them more, you're going to understand them more. And all these teams have talent because they're the NBA teams, unless, you know, you're the magic. And so... In those situations, I think that I'm just kidding. The magic looked really good the other night. Um, there's this threat of believing too much. I, I just don't get this number at 47 and a half. I like this up to 49 and a half. This is a 51 team. Michael Malone's teams have gone over in every full season. The only Michael Malone Nuggets team that did not go over was the 2020 season. And they would have gone over their total had the season probably played out. They got to the bubble and were without half of their team and didn't play with it well there, which hurt their overall win pace. They would have probably been on pace to hit the over that season as well. It doesn't matter what line you put them at, they're over. This is an overreaction to Jamal Murray. I think Jamal Murray hurts their ceiling. I think they're less likely to beat the Lakers in the regular season. They're less likely to beat uh, the Suns in the regular season. All those types of things. That's where Jamal Murray hurts. 
the regular season is about managing your schedule. Are you going to beat the bad teams? The Nuggets do not need Jamal Murray to beat the bad teams. They still wanted a high clip even when he was out. Their point differential wasn't great, but it's not going to be great. They're still going to rack up wins. They have the MVP in Nikola Jokic. They have a deep roster. Michael Porter Jr. looks better than ever. Bones Highland is showing stuff as a rotation player. There's every reason to think that, that this team is probably going to be once again in the 50-win range, especially when you factor in this. Their schedule is the second easiest in the league for positive residual, which factors altitudes. That's part of it. But the other thing is after the all-star break, they have a super, super easy schedule. That's when Jamal Murray gets back. So any adjustment that they need getting Murray back gets softened with that. I like the nuggets over 47 and a half. Yeah, I agree with all of it. I, I, especially what you said about Murray. I think that his loss in the regular season is a bit overstated because Jokic is so good that it's such a high floor for this team between him and Malone and, and what they're doing there. I love it. Raheem, I need your third pick. I'm going to go with the Miami Heat over 48 and a half. This was a team that both me and Brandon hated last year. I wasn't really that high on them coming into this year. I thought I love Kyle Lowry. That's my guy. Philadelphia. Villanova, but I think he's going to make a huge difference. We saw it already. They get into the offense a lot better. I mean, last year, this Miami Heat team was just 18th in offensive rating. They're going to be a lot better this year. They probably win 50 games in the East this year. Obviously, they're going to have a great defense. They they, they picked up Markeith Morris. They picked up P.J. Tucker. So the defense is going to be there. Victor Oladipo should be healthy whenever he comes in, coming off the bench. So I, I like this team. I'm going over. I don't hate it. I did the win total for this team. I wrote it, I wrote the win total pre- preview and the case of the over was long and extensive and compelling. And I still was just like, I just don't like this team. I just, it's Jimmy Butler off, after all those years under Tibbs over 30, you got Lowry getting 36. You got PJ Tucker. Who's already banged up. They're old. Um, I have questions about their durability. I have questions about, team chemistry i have questions about the offense still bam out of bio i'm really nervous about after his playoffs in the summer and then the olympic play but there's a lot of talent on it i can't argue with it like you know that that hawks honestly for as much as a preseason game can rattle me which is not much but it did rattle me because i've got hawks division futures so i was pretty rattled by that by the outcome because the heat did look like they were dialed in and ready to to really go at it uh, I can't argue with the over, even if I can't, I, I can't get myself there for whatever reason. This is more hunch than anything that I'm on the under. Logically, I, I agree the over is probably the play. Yeah, I'm, I surprised myself here. I expected the heat over to be one of my top plays and I actually ended up on the under as I researched them. I'm a little nervous about the offense. I feel like the offense can really only be maybe average at best and that that caps the ceiling, even with a, a good defense and trying hard every night, adding in the health factors too. I just feel like there's more downside to this team than there is ultimate upside. So it ended up being mostly a fade for me, but I think the number is, is about in the right range. Brandon pick three. All right. I'm going to go with my East sleeper, which is the Boston Celtics. I'm going to take the over 45 and a half. I love the Celtics this year. I think they're a team that people are sleeping on a little bit. They are my East three seed right now. I love that we're replacing Tristan Thompson and Daniel Tice minutes with more Robert Williams and with Al Horford. Horford is a natural on this roster. He was actually quite good in the minutes he did play last year. I like that we are replacing Kemba Walker uh, with Marcus Smart in the lineup. That means that we're going to get a lot better defense from this team. That was a hallmark of these Boston teams until things kind of went sideways last year. It just was a bad year for Boston. Jason Tatum was never healthy coming back from COVID. Uh, I love that we've added Josh Richardson and Dennis Schroeder. Those seem like very Celtics players, good fits in this rotation, a lot better depth there. Uh, I think the Celtics can be a 50, maybe 55 win team. I love Udoka as a possible coach of the year candidate if they do make that leap. So I'm taking the Boston 45 and a half over. I 100% agree with this. I gave out Jason Tatum to win MVP earlier this year. I'm really high on this Celtics team. I'm actually mad that you took it because this was actually going to be my next pick. But I I love the Celtics this year. They had some chemistry issues last year. Obviously, Jason Tatum had COVID. Like, everything that could have possibly went wrong after playing deep into the Eastern Conference Finals in the bubble went wrong for this team. And I think this is a bounce-back year. And I think you really see Jason Tatum put his stamp on the league this year. If you like the Celtics over, you can look at, because Brandon likes them to finish third, their seating is five and a half and the under is plus. So you can get under five and a half conference seating 
at plus 130, which is not bad. Uh, if you want to go more particular, which is the way that Brandon does tend to lean, you can get them uh, to finish exactly third in the Eastern Conference at plus 700. So if you think that's basically going to be Bucks and Nets and then them, that's something to look at. Uh, all right, top of the order. Uh, my fourth pick in our draft, uh, I am taking the Orlando Magic under 22 and a half. Uh, this one is... To put this in the parlance of our esteemed leader, Chad Millman and Simon Hunter on the favorites, this is my big balls bet of the week. That would be <laughs> what I'm describing this as. Um, so here's a warning sign for you, just to, to go ahead and start off on the negative. Teams that have, have the lowest win total have gone over in nine of the past 12 seasons. The Magic have the lowest win total on the board at 22 and a half. I am going the other way because I look at this roster, and while they do have NBA talent, I do not buy that it's going to be able to sustain. And eventually I believe this team pivots significantly towards a tank job. They have a bunch of guards. None of them are healthy. Uh, they've got Markel Fultz and Gary Harris and RJ Hampton and Jalen Suggs uh, and Cole Anthony. That's a very convoluted mess. I don't know how that works out. Somebody's going to be unhappy with minutes. There's going to be tension there. I don't know what they wind up doing there. Mo Bamba looked really good in the first preseason game offensively. I still saw the same stuff defensively in terms of getting lost and looking uncertain. The guards play with a lot of purpose. That's my maybe concern with this one is that Jamal Mosley may be able to get this team playing actually organized basketball, and that may wind up hurting them. Terrence Ross is their best player. That's a good sign for the under. Terrence Ross is likely to be traded because he's their best player. Another good sign of the under. I just wind up thinking that this team is going to wind up tanking extremely hard to get a top pick to put with Suggs. So I will bank on the motivation factor here and go under 22 and a half, even with such a low number. I like them to be in the teens. Yeah, I think the Magic are going to be very bad. They're another team that fits um, my thing of betting against young teams with the young guards doing a lot of the offense. The only reason the Magic actually are dead last on my board here only because the line is so low that they, they have to be basically the worst or maybe second worst team in the league to provide value. They might be, though. So I definitely don't want to take the over. I'll say that. Raheem, pick four. Okay, I'm going to go with the New York Knicks. I know this is like super duper square, but to me, I think they upgraded this roster so much when you when you add Evan Fournier, when you add Kimball Walker. They actually have some offense to go along with that defense. And on paper, you look at this team and you say, you know, this probably isn't a 41-42 win team, but we all know Tom Thibodeau, he gets his guys going in the regular season. This team won 41 games last year and we're 23rd in offensive rating and third in defensive rating. I think this team improves offensively, and I think they get over 41 and a half wins. I really like it, so I'm I'm taking it. I thought I, I think the bookmakers got greedy here. Like everyone was expecting regression. Everyone was expecting regression from this Knicks team. Statistically, their defense should not be better, right? Like Julius Randall's QSI, which is uh, the differential between his expected EFG and actual, was through the roof last year. They had several players in that category. But I feel like the market way overreacted. Like, I don't know what model projection system they're using to get here, but saying that they're a 500 team, like, again, the only concern maybe is that their ceiling is so low. Like, I don't think this is a 51 team, and I would probably blanch at 48. Like, if this is 47 and a half, I like the under. Yeah. But we got like a six, we got a six win differential in there, and that window I think is pretty tight. So I'm with you. I think this is a market overreaction. I like the over two at 41 and a half. Yeah, the, the, right, the right line should have been around 44, 45 or something yeah. like that. Yeah, if it's 45 and a half, I'm probably staying away. But at 41 and a half, I'm with you. I'm on the over. Yeah, this was this ended up being a stay away for me. I expected it to be an over, and I think the line is is actually about right. I have them floating right around 500, but I would definitely take the over on one of the sides just based on tips alone. Brandon. All right. Well, if we, if this is our square portion of the draft, then allow me to take another very public over. I'm going to take the Los Angeles Lakers over 52.5 wins. I am not necessarily in on the Lakers title odds. We'll come back to that. This is a regular season draft and the Lakers are going to win a lot of games. 52 and a half wins. Come on. It's LeBron James on a team. We think LeBron's going to lose 30 times in the season. Look, Russell Westbrook is a floor raiser. We know that he's going to bring high effort every night. I also love to bet on defense in the regular season, and I think the Lakers' defense is going to be fantastic. It's going to be best in the league. 
The guys that they are going to be playing more of this year are better defenders overall for the most part. Uh, I also think a thing that we're overlooking on this team of why they should be better. LeBron only played 45 games last year. Anthony Davis only played 36. That's half of the schedule. And Davis was hurt and not playing at his best. So just having more games from LeBron and Davis, even if it's not the whole slate and getting a better Davis and adding in Russell Westbrook, I don't know that the Lakers are going to be a team that wins 65, 70, like some juggernaut. They don't have to. 52 and a half. I think the Lakers end up relatively coasting to the one seed, maybe approaching 60 wins. So I like the Lakers over. I'm waiting for alternate totals to come on the board. Brandon, would you consider doing an alternate total on this up to, let's say, 55 and a half, 57 and a half? Yeah, I have them at 55 to 60. So I would rather, yeah, I probably would rather play them to get the one seed or to take an alternate over than just this over here. If yeah. you're in on the Lakers, you have to really be in. They're, they're not going to win 52 or 53. They're, you're either in or out. You get one, plus 185 at DraftKings for number one seed in the, in the Western Conference. So that's something to consider. Um, I'll, I probably will have a position on both them and the Jazz, and we'll see where that goes. Uh, okay. I'm with you on the Lakers over, uh, by the mm-hmm. way. I just... It's not been one of my best bets because they're just like, I just keep coming back to like LeBron's real old and Anthony Davis is real injured and, and Russ has had a lot of knee injuries. Like that's just, and and, and Russ is just, I just don't know how Russ and LeBron are going to mesh together. To me, it's like a worse version of the Miami heat. I'll say this though. Like I think Russ is going to make AD's minutes better. I think the Russ AD non LeBron minutes will be better than the, the previous non LeBron AD minutes, which is big for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, My pick five. Uh, this is one of my favorite bets on the board, and uh, I I took other teams higher, um, but I probably should have taken this one again. The first preseason game around me, but <laughs> let's go, boys. Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta Hawks over 46 and a half is still on the board. I am perplexed. So here, I think, again, is another case like the Knicks, where I feel like the market is trying to get is too far ahead of the regression. I was interested when I started doing this. I want to look back and see when a superstar takes his team further in the playoffs than expected. What does the next season look like? So I looked at Steph Curry 2013. I looked at, or 2013-14. I looked at uh, Derrick Rose after his breakthrough season. I looked at um, Damian Lillard after the 2012 game winner. Here's the interesting thing. They do regress. The team does not win as many games as the previous season, but they still hit the over consistently. I thought that was fascinating because what it says is that the market is right in that they're not going to be as good as last year. They're still really good. And this number is 46 and a half high continuity for this team. Again, they get everybody back. I was worried about chemistry. They worked some of that out because Trey showed up so well in the playoffs and actually because it wasn't just passing he was actively getting other guys involved and it didn't just feel like the Trey show all the time that helped Bogdanovich, I think has a lot of the confidence of the locker room. They had the fourth most lost games to injury last season via mangameslost.com, the fourth most win shares as well. They were decimated by injuries. There's some concern. Hawks fans are like, yeah, but that's what we always are. Um, if just their injury luck is a little bit better, their schedule soft too. They have a really easy schedule. So I've got, over correction in the market, injury regression, easy schedule. I love this one at 46 and a half. I like their division odds. I think this is going to be, I think this team separates themselves out as one of the top four to five teams in the Eastern conference. Yeah. I think we spoke about this on an earlier awards podcast and I agree with you. I mean, when you look at the fact that this team has been a totally different team since fire Lord Lloyd Pierce, Nate McMillan steps in, they went 27 and 11 went to the Easter conference finals it's just this team and they weren't even totally healthy so I'm expecting this to be one of those teams that that makes the leap from one of those young teams that kind of takes over the league and I think Trey is a star obviously so I like this one yeah I think what's interesting to note here is we've talked about this a lot before too there's really a vacancy in that second tier in the east and you know Raheem you took the heat I took the Celtics Matt you got the Hawks I think we're all hunting for who's that team that's going to jump up into the three or four seed. So if, if you are, if you have a good read on who you think that team is, we think that there's real upside for jumping up into that echelon. All right, Raheem, what's your pick five? I'm going with the new Orleans Pelicans under 39 and a half. 
I look at this team, they look like they got a lot worse. Lonzo Ball goes to Chicago. Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe, they get Jonas Valanciunas. And I'm not high on this team at all. I just don't see how they their, – their defense certainly isn't going to get better with the loss of Lonzo Ball. They were 22nd in defensive rating last year. So they're going to get worse in that area. Steven Adams is a lot better than Jonas Valanciunas on defense. Zion Williams, Williamson comes into the, to the season. We all heard about his broken foot. I don't know what I'm going to get from Willie Green on the coaching front. I just think this team is a mess. So I'm taking under my big concern with them has always been chemistry. And so Willie Green, if he's able to pull them together and have them actually want to play together, I think that's like an X factor that makes me a little nervous. That's why they're not higher on my, on my, my board. Um, I will just say like, look, if you're looking to bet the over, what's the thing you don't want to hear? Oh, by the way, Zion had, had foot surgery. That's not how you want to start the season, even though they're like, Oh, it's fine. He's going to be back. I'm like, I just, there's too much concern. Basically Zion's amazing. I don't like to fit with Ingram. I like yeah. Devontae Graham. I don't like to fit. Like, I like their young guys, but I'm with you. I just think the not. I think the line's a little up there. I think you do need a shot. Make sure that you get the best number as always. But. I, I think Ingram, Ingram, and Zion has always been like such an odd fit because it just mm-hmm. it almost feels like there's no hierarchy. There. It's like Ingram wants to take those mid range jumpers and. Zion still not stepping outside of the paint at times. It, it's just strange to me. I, I I don't like this team at all. Yeah, I'm upset with this pick. I was all ready to take the Pelicans with this pick. I was going to take them last time, but fell in line with our captain square picks we were doing. I think the bottom could really fall out on this team, especially we already are hearing the Zion injury news rumblings. And if Zion misses some time, I think this could get really ugly. Another thing too, not let the defense was good anyways last year. But getting rid of Bledsoe, Lonzo, and Adams and replacing with Devontae and Valanciunas, like that's not a good trade either. So I think the defense could be really bad, and I'm worried about Zion on this team. Um, yeah. What do they even do? Style? Like, Here's what I don't understand. What do they even do stylistically? Like there was a Utah Jazz game, and at some point, because I think they started off the season last year, they were playing at a really slow pace, and I think they played Utah in January. And then they decided to start pushing the pace in the same way they would with Alvin Gentry. They ended up finishing ninth in pace. And they were going over every game. And I just, to me, you pushing the pace with Valanciunas, he can barely get up the floor. Like, I just, I don't get this team. I will disagree with you guys on that point. I think Valanciunas is a significant upgrade over uh, Adams. Um, Offensively, he's able to hit short jumpers, so the spacing won't be as compact. Uh, Adams has a lot of miles on him from those playoff runs with the thunder. Valanciunas is a little bit more fresh. He's healthier. Um, Valanciunas, I think in drop coverage is fine. It depends on what kind of coverage they run. If they try and play at the level, they're going to get torched again. We'll see the, the models kind of Zion with a is Zion with basically five out. Cause Valanciunas could stretch the floor a little bit. That's maybe the model, but mm-hmm. I I'm with you that I don't believe in it enough. Uh, let's go ahead and get to Brandon's pick five. All right, I am taking my West sleeper here, and I am going with the Portland Trailblazers over 44 and a half wins. This is a really good team. I think this could be the best version of these Blazers, and boy, do we have a lot of versions of this same Blazers team at this point. Nurkic and CJ both missed about half the season last year. CJ McCollum is a guy that I thought was a little bit overrated for years, but really made a leap last year, started taking a lot more threes and really paid out well. Nurkic is so important for that team, the way that he sets screens and rolls on offense, the way that he helps the defense, they need it badly. So getting those two guys there for a full season or something close to it is huge. Norm Powell, I think, is going to add a lot to the offense, giving them another option once he's getting a little more settled in. And I love also Nance and Zeller off the bench. That's a huge upgrade to the bench and will help this defense a lot, getting a more competent bench in there. Um, Stotts to Billups makes me a little nervous, but we were kind of out on Stotts last year waiting for that to end. So maybe just a little more stability there. I think the Blazers in an open West could, if things go right, contend for the two or three seeds. I like the over a lot here. They zig when everyone thinks that they'll zag when they're, they, they got swept by the Pelicans. They make the Western Conference Finals the next season. They make the Western Conference Finals the next season. They're a play-in team barely the next season. Like, that they just, they're all over the place. Dame's not going anywhere. He's not getting traded. Don't worry about that. They're going to play out the season. Uh, the roster's better. I'm with you. I think Cody Zeller, Tony Snell are significant upgrades on the bench. I, and Larry Nance, especially. Defensively, they're probably going to be better this season. If they're just a little bit better, 
then I, I'm with you. This is a pretty easy over another market under correction, in my opinion. Uh, let's go to my pick six as we breeze along here. Charlotte Hornets under 38 and a half. So here's what's interesting is like they lose Devontae Graham, who I don't think is a big pickup for the Pelicans, but I think it's a big loss for the Hornets. If you look at this roster up and down, I don't know where they really got better. Uh, they lost Cody Zeller, who had one of the best net ratings on the team last season, and they bring in Mason Plumley, who's a decent replacement, but Plumley's got a lot of miles on him. He's older, and I like what Plumley brings in very specific situations. He's a good player. I don't love what they're going to have to ask of him in this system. Uh, I, I have a lot of concerns. The Hayward ball minutes were really good, but Hayward's never healthy. I can't have a lot of trust that Hayward's going to stay healthy for enough for them to hit the over. I look at their overall roster and don't think they got better. Book Knight had a good debut the other night, but I still don't think that he's like going to be a massive. I don't think the rookie class that they brought in is going to be a massive upgrade for them uh, in terms of adding to wins. I think this is probably a little bit of a regression candidate. I went in expecting to take the over on the Hornets and I couldn't talk myself into it when I looked at it. I, I don't like how this shapes up for the, for the Hornets. I'll take the under at 38 and a half. Yeah, I'm, I'm with basically okay. everything you said on that. I'm going to go with the Philadelphia 76 under 51 oh. and a half. Yes. I, I have to do it. Like, look, this Benjamin Simmons news is very concerning. We all know that Joel Embiid he can't stay healthy. This team won 49 games last year. I know it was a 72-game season, but I, I don't like what I see. And if Ben Simmons is not coming back or he decides to hold out or they have to trade for somebody else, I think the season can really go off the rails for this team. So I'm going to snatch up that under. They're a stay away from me. I don't. I want to see what they get back in the Simmons trade. If they do a deal that includes OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam, then I like the over. If Bradley Beal gets into the season and gets fed up and is mad immediately because the Wizards aren't that good, and he asks out, then that's a disaster for if you're an underbetter because that's a pretty likely trade candidate is Beal for Simmons. Um, if but you can't feel good about the over because if they wind up trading for draft picks to the Spurs, that's an under. There's just, it's all over the board. I don't mind playing the under. I think there's probably value on the under at 51 and a half. Um, my big thing with them is just, if they don't get a replacement that's going to be able to, to keep them up when Embiid has to miss time, then it's an under. That's the big, like, they were basically a 500 team the last three seasons when Embiid sat and Simmons played. So that to me is, is the big key differential. Brent, Brandon, let's go ahead and get your six pick. I'm going to take the Grizzlies over 40 and a half. I think this is just a solid, safe single. Get on the board here with an easy win. I don't see the Grizzlies having a huge season or win total. They're just a good regular season team. They're going to play really good defense. Their bench unit is terrific, and that is great in the regular season. Jaron Jackson is back, and that helps the offense a lot, stretching them out and adding that three-pointer back in. I like the Grizzlies in the division. I have them about even with the Mavs. So I think they can win mid forties maybe, you know, 46, 47, that 40 and a half. I like the Grizzlies. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. I like love it. it. Love it. Great pick. Um, the big key there is just their bench is so good that they're going to be able to, that they were on pace to be a 47 ish per 82 team last year. If they hadn't messed around with the justice Winslow stuff, trying to get him to make sense. Jaron Jackson's healthy. Desmond Bain looks great. But I, I like this a lot. This is a, are really good. I, I like this one quite a bit. I think it's got some upside too. I think that you might wind up making a bunch of points on this based off of our point system. Uh, all right. My pick seven. Uh, I'm going with the Suns under 51 and a half. Uh, basic regression candidate here. Uh, they were one of the healthiest teams in the league last season. They had an absolutely absurd uh, low number of injuries, especially for a team employing Chris Paul. That probably changes this season. Devin Booker played the longest season. He played the bubble two months off full 72 game season. If he missed like 10 games and then uh, the longest playoff run of his career, then he went to the Olympics. That's a lot of stress, even for a guy that that's that young, they've got discontent already with the Deandre Aiden extension situation. I, that makes me a little bit nervous campaign probably regresses in terms of his shooting. Um, I think this is a pretty obvious regression candidate. Whereas the jazz, I think have everything in place for them to be able to pick up and do as well as they did. Uh, the Suns made an unexpected run to the finals. I had a great season last year. Whenever you have one of those special seasons, I look to fade you the next. 
So I like this under, I don't love it. I don't think this is like a 45 win team, but I think this probably caps out 48, 49. I think they're a little bit under 50. Um, and that gives me enough leeway for me to take the under 51 and a half. I really like that one. And I'm so mad you took <laughs> it because that was my next pick. <laughs> Brandy, you have anything to say about it? No, I agree. Go ahead and make your pick. I'm going to go with the Cleveland Cavaliers under 27 and a half. I mean, they outperformed their Pythagorean expectation last year. I I don't see how Evan Mobley is really going to make them that much better. I'm going under here. My big note on them actually has to do with uh, J.B. Bickerstaff, who I like a lot as a coach and want good things for. He's never gone over Ooh. in any team <laughs> he's coached. His team has never hit the over. Now, JB's coached a lot of interim situations. Yes, true. So they're already a mess. But I am just saying, in his career, uh, JB Bickerstaff has his three interim and two full seasons. His teams that he's coached have never gone over. They have the second he meant he mentioned the second highest differential between actual and expected. Like every indicator. And here's a big thing. Their most impactful player last season was Larry Nance. Gone. They might trade for Ben Simmons, but if they do, it's going to be Simmons with nobody to pass to. Like, there's no shoot. If they if they trade, they're losing shooting. So you're just in a situation where you got Ben Simmons and maybe Garland. It's rough. I, I'm with you on the under there. I think, again, t- taking the tanking teams under is always a smart play. Brandon, what do you got for pick seven? All right. It's baseball playoff time. I'm going to take a swing. I'm taking the Brooklyn Nets over 56 and a half. And let's just see if some magic happens. Will Kyrie play? I don't know. Will they play defense? I don't know. But it's entirely possible that we're looking at this team a year from now going, they had Durant and Harden for an entire season. What were we missing? There's a 65-70 win team. Who knows what they can be if things actually are what they could be. I have no idea. I'm going to take a shot. I think the real play is probably an alternate over or, or something higher than the actual over here. In our system with, with the high ceiling points, I think it's a, just an upside swing. I want an over a 59 and a half mm. and plus money. That's what I'm, yeah. I'm waiting yeah. to see if a book will drop an alternate win total. And if they give me 59 and a half at a plus number for the over, I'm taking, I'm taking that over. Um, look, I, I think this is a, I, I don't believe the, the model for everyone's kind of thought process is, well, look, no, they only played eight games together last season and look how many games they won. I don't believe that that's how you should approach this. I think last season was last season for a lot of reasons. And this season's this season, so there's a lot of ways that you see this thing going sideways, but uh, Harden, Durant, Joe Harris is still a really good three-man combo. They do have good players and, and NBA guys up and down the roster. Defense doesn't matter as much in the regular season. It's KD. I, I get it. I like the over if you can get an alternate total. I don't like it at, at that number and minus 110 at all uh, because of the Kyrie stuff but or and a lot of other things, but in general – um, I'm with you on this, that there's a good reason. I will say that that typically I did find um, when I did the research on this team, uh, I was looking at how do teams that that have the best expected rate do? I thought this was interesting, actually. Teams with the highest win total, last 13, four and nine. So four overs, nine unders on the highest. And then I looked at title favorites, uh, 12 unders, seven overs. And the Nets hit both of those categories. They're the consensus title favorite and have the highest win total on the board. So there's historical reasons to take the under. I would take a, a, an alternate total over, uh, but I applaud you for being brave enough to take that. Uh, pick eight. I'll take the Warriors over 47 and a half. Uh, <laughs> looked great the other night. This number still. It. This number still. I'm I'm right. This is this is why when Brandon was like, okay, who wants number one pick? I was like, I do. Um, look, <laughs> Otto Porter looks good. Uh, Bielitsa is going to give them a little bit extra off the bench. I actually like the rookies. I think they're going to give them something. You know, Steve Kerr said openly, they asked why all the veterans play so many minutes. He said, we're trying to win this season. Like that, that's an outright signal. The Warriors are actually going for it and they'll get clay back. And even if clay's not clay, even if he's 60% of clay Thompson, that's still an elite shooter that spaces the floor for Steph Curry. Steph Curry's the most impactful player in basketball. Uh, their record after they moved away from, uh, Ubre and Wiseman who look Wiseman gets another year. They'll figure out better ways to use him. I love this over at 47 and a half. Uh, I have a small title position on the warriors and I will be looking for other opportunities to bet the warriors. 
Uh, I think the I think Steph back is is the the summation of that. And he was pretty back last season. I've been waiting for Nets or Warriors. I wanted one of them for the big upside swing and eventually decided just to take the plunge. And I was going to take the Warriors with my next pick. So that makes sense to go in a row here. Right. Man has actually taken my last two picks. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm pretty pissed right now. But I think I'm going to go with the Toronto Raptors under 35 and a half wins. It's not that I'm not high on this team. It's that I think it wouldn't surprise me if we see this team kind of shut it down towards the end of the season. It's just I think there's more talented teams in the East. Pascal Siakam comes into the air a little banged up. I mean, I just I'm not expecting this team to really go for it. So I'm not really in love with it, but I, I feel like I got to take. Hey, pick a you got your we're scraping the bottom here. I, look, I think Messiah has been on record saying we are positioning to get ourselves back to a championship contention. You cannot look at this roster and be like they're one guy away because anyone they would trade for would mean that they give up the, the roster that would help that one guy be a champion. Like you, if you're, if even if they found a trade for a superstar, even if Beal asked out and wanted to go to Toronto, they'd have to include OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, two of those three in that deal. So there's no value there. They're in my opinion, I'm right with you. I think they, they moved to a tank job. Uh, I'm a little nervous because they beat the pants off your Sixers the other night. Just makes me a little bit nervous. But then I looked and also saw that most of that was a bench doing damage. So I was like, okay, maybe not. But I- I'm trying to avoid betting the Raptors. It's a really good coach. It's a really good front office. The players are still good. I do think, though, that there's a little bit of overestimation. I, I think the-, the being in Tampa last year hurt them. But I think people are overreacting to that as opposed to actually looking at what this team team's long-term goals are. Actually, I actually think this line is perfect. I think it's right there where it should be. But- you know what? Simmons talks about this on on the Guess Alliance pod about the Vegas zone. That's how I put this. This is a five. This is a this is a five and a half NFL line. It's not. A, it's not a field goal. Yeah. It's not a touchdown. It's you're going to be on one side or the other, and they're putting it right smack in the middle. So, uh, Brandon, what do you got for pick eight? Yeah, what, what's really funny is my pick eight was going to be the Toronto Raptors over 35 and a half because I actually I actually think that this line, I think the Raptors go over or under by like six, seven, eight wins. I don't think they end up somewhere stuck in the middle. Either they're in it and then they have good players and really go for it and maybe make the playoffs or they're out of it and then they go really out of it like last year. So it's funny that we, we came to those. That was the last pick that I actually really wanted to make. So uh, I think that I will take, the Sacramento Kings under 36 and a half. The Kings ran it back. And why did the Kings run it back? Like what have the Kings seen in the last few years to be like, Hey, that was great. Let's do it again. They don't play any defense. And yeah, I know Davion Mitchell, but you know, a six, one point guard is not going to change the outlook of your team's defense. Uh, They were at a 35 one pace. The last two, this is again, getting on the board here. I don't think the Kings will be awful. They're certainly going to try and they want to get into the play-in race. Uh, But I think the Timberwolves, the Kings, the Pelicans, and the Spurs are kind of fighting for what will be the last spot in the play-in race. And I just don't think the Kings are very good among those teams. So I don't have them way under here, but I have a much, much harder time thinking the Kings go over this line than under it. So I'll, I'll be happy to fade the Kings any year of my life. A uh, couple numbers here to, to back up Brandon 10 and five in three point games last season. And they still won at a 35 wins per 82 pace. So they won all those, those coin flip games and they still only topped out at 35 per 82, which is still going to be an under um, on the board here uh, as well. My big thing with them is Luke Walton. Like I want to fade Luke Walton my, here. You want to know what my biggest concern is Brandon for the under is if they fire Luke Walton a month into the season and Alvin <laughs> Gentry, who's the associate head coach takes over, then I'm going to be like, crap. Like that's literally the reason why I'm not betting them is because, well, not the only reason, the only, I, here's one reason to just avoid it. Cause it seems obvious. The Kings suck. This I thought was really fascinating. The two most used lineups for the Kings in terms of their biggest minutes, they had plus 7.2 and plus 7.6 net ratings. Not good. Awesome. So they won the majority of their minutes. They went 10 and three in three point games. And yet somehow in the remainder of the minutes, they were absolutely disastrous. Like it was just really confusing when I looked at this entire thing on the other side, they do have the six toughest schedule. I think it's a stay away, but we're at the bottom of the board. I don't blame you for taking the under it's the Kings. Why not? Why not take the under on the Kings? Uh, my pick nine taking the Spurs. 
Under 28 and a half. Okay. <laughs> Don't feel good about this, but, but their best player on roster is either DeJounte Murray or Derek White. Those guys make $15 million a year. That is a really good sign in the NBA that this team is not going to be good. When your best player makes $15 million a year in a league where the best players make 35, probably having a little bit of a deficit in terms of your talent. I, they had, I think they have good players. Losing Patty Mills is absolutely crushing. It's crushing. Their bench units were rock solid. I made a lot of money last year, betting their second quarters with Yaka Pirtle and Patty Mills. That's gone. Yaka probably moves into a starting role this season. That's bad. I don't like him with the starters. He suffers more versus, he's good versus bench units. He's bad versus starters. One of their guys, Keldon Johnson, DeJounte Murray, Derek White, probably make a leap. I still don't think it's enough to get over 28 and a half. And at some point, some point, this franchise is going to have to make the very reasonable decision to go ahead and transition to, we've got to get a top guy. We need to get a draft pick. So much like it is with all the rest of these teams at the bottom, there's a good chance they wind up tanking. So I like the Spurs to go under 28 and a half. Yeah. To me, this is one of those lines where they're just begging for public batters to look and be like, what? This line is that low. I only need 30 wins from pop. I have to bet the over. And that's exactly what they want you to do. I'm under on them as well. It's not a good team. Raheem, what do you got for pick nine? I'm going to reluctantly stick with my guns on this. I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Clippers over 45 and a half. I don't really like it at 45 and a half. I liked it at 44 when it opened. Look, this Clippers team, they have a, a really, really tough schedule. I mean, it's probably one of the toughest in the league. They did them dirty, but... I just trust Tyron Lou. I trust Paul George. Like, this is the team that's filled with wings. And in the NBA, if you have wing players like Paul George and Marcus Morris and Nicholas Batum and Terrence Mann has become a thing, they put themselves in a position to where they can win without Kawhi Leonard. And I think they're going to come out this year and, and possibly be a, 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 six, a fifth or a sixth seed in the West, in my opinion. So... I got to stick with it. It's not pretty, especially at this price. I think 44 was kind of my limit, but one with the one. On Lockdown Nuggets, I interviewed a Clippers writer and asked him, do you think Kawhi plays this year? And he said no. And then I asked some people around the league, and I asked, hey, do you think Kawhi plays this year? And they said no. Um, and everyone I talked to said no. And then Kawhi Leonard comes out on media day and says, well, the reason that I didn't take the one and one is I'm, I want to co- try and come back this year. And, and that, and then a cold, a cold shiver went down my spine. Um, I kind of, so I started on the over, you and I talked a couple weeks ago, but when the Paul George, um, you're not alone, by the way, and the Paul George might, might be MVP pick, by the way, I got, oh, wow. we're a poll for a, we're doing a straw poll of likely voters. Um, and PG's name came up a few times. Um, I was on the over with you. And then I talked to Alex Christensen. And I kind of like started looking at the Clippers and was like, you know what? That schedule is really tough. Maybe we'll do the under. They might transition because that's my only concern here. I think with the over is if the Clippers get to all-star and they're just, they're, they're trotting along at like a round of 500 pace. Do they push or do they shut it down? If they're just like, look, we can't get there. Kawhi's not going to be back. If we do make it, we're going to have to play in the play in. And then we're going to have to face the Lakers uh, or whoever winds up being the second best team. Do we really want to go through that? Should we just reconfigure and like regroup for next season? the Warriors kind of did this the last two years, right? Where they had the, the guys were playing and then they kind of transitioned out of it. That's my concern there. Um, it's a tough one. I don't blame you for, for taking it at this spot, but it's, it's moved to a stay away for me because of how complicated it is with the Kawhi situation and the number. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to take the Clippers under, so <laughs> I'm fading this team. I think the Clippers are a play in team. Uh, I actually have, LA six games out of the six seed where you stay out of the play-in. So I think that they are pretty firmly locked into the play-in games. And then, yeah, I think it could get really murky on, on what their intentions are from there. Yeah. It's amazing how much me and Brandon go head to head. We find a way to do this in every, you know, we had a segment on the NFL show head to head and we kind of have to force things, but for whatever reason, when we don't force it, we find a way to go head to head. So, all right. So I've got my second to last pick here and I am trying my darndest to game theory this because there is one team that I absolutely do not want to get stuck with at the end of this draft, <laughs> but I have no idea how to get around it. So I'm just going to take what I think is going to be a, a total wild card here. I'm taking the Oklahoma City Thunder 22 and a half over 
And I think that the Thunder actually have a chance to be decent if they decide to be. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is really good. I I was impressed when I went back and looked over the teams and the young players. I couldn't believe how much of a leap that he took already last year. Um, You know, they just, they shut him down because they were trying to lose games and he was way too good for their cause of losing games. Um, Derek Favors, if he actually plays for them, could, I think this team could be better on defense than we are expecting them to. And this is really, this is a bet against those teams fighting for that 10 seed in the West. I think that there is an outlandish world where the Thunder win some games just by showing up SGA playing well and, and winning, you know, winning some with defense, the Thunder have a thousand picks. If they're kind of like in the mix ish as like the 12 seed, why not? Why not just try to win and get to the 10 seed? Like who needs to tank for this one pick? You can tank for the next thousand years with all your other picks. You know, they're probably not going to get there, but over 22 and a half, I think that they're like a 25, 28 ish win team. I like Oklahoma city. Uh, the answer to your question of why not? And the answer to that is Sam Presti. That is why yeah. uh, Sam Presti has a plan. And that plan is not to compete this season. It is not. Giddy looked really good in the opener. I'll say that. Giddy looked good. And he's a real wild card in all this. Yep. The problem, I think, though, Brandon, <laughs> do you know what the record was at the end of March? Um, it was Owen bad, something to that. No, 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 no. This at the was end of March. Time great bad beat. At the end of March, they were 20 and 27 on pace for 34 per 82. They finished two and 23. (laughs) So it literally does not matter how good they are to start the year. Sam Presti will pull the fucking plug and will absolutely. Oh, that's a shame. There there was a lot of people in that over too. Like it was an all time great bad beat. It was bad. Uh, Oh, Shay, man. I'm sorry to hear about your hamstring. (laughs) Shay's sitting there being like, but um, I'm fine. Yeah, I know. Tough break. They, 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 they They finished one game off or two games off. I think two. Because they actually won, they won the last game of the season against the Clippers. If yeah. you're Shea, you got to be watching out if like Tanya Harding stops by to visit OKC at some point. <laughs> like, I mean, favors will get dealt or bought yeah, out. Um, they're just so young. They're just, they're so young. Like the number of young dudes is absolutely startling. They have 14 <laughs> players on roster, Brandon, with less than three years of NBA experience. It's nuts. Um, I don't mind it because you're right about Shea. Like my guy, Brian Schroeder has been like constantly hyping about how good Shea was last year. And he was, they just don't want to win. <laughs> I can't take it over when they don't want to win. So um, I get it. I was going to take the thunder over for my next pick. Uh, but instead, because that one is off the board. Um, let's see what is remaining amongst the very, bare bones that we have left uh i will take the washington wizards over 34 and a half as my (laughs) final pick uh so this number i just think is too low they have nba guys this is a lot of it i always look for if you're looking for an under i want to see how many guys that you think are like i don't know if they're going to be an nba player in three years the Wizards have Bradley Beal and Kyle Kuzma and uh, Montrez Harrell and Rui Hachimura and Denny and Thomas Bryant and Daniel Gafford. And none of these guys, you're like, yeah, those are not impressive names. I don't need them to be impressive. I just need them to be NBA caliber guys. A lot of it is just, I think the rest of the East is worse. That's a lot of it. I can't really get my brain around this team being significantly worse than where they are. I'm glad to take this one off of Brandon. So he doesn't have to stress about taking it. Um, it, it's a weird equation. I will say this though, like you don't have to do a lot to replace Westbrook in terms of impact because they'd lost their asses off with him in the beginning of the season. They were great later in the year, but they'd already dug a really big hole. They had a big COVID thing early in the season. It's four and a half lower than what they were on pace for last year. I don't know that they really got worse. It feels like an overreaction to the rust thing as much as like, I'm not a rust is bad guy. I I just look at it and I go, this is okay. The Beal thing makes me nervous, but it picked 10. I'm fine to take the over on 34 and a half of the wizards. I uh, literally didn't know if I was going to take the over or the under on this number. (laughs) I was deep. I was like, I have no idea what to do with this. I do want to push back on Westbrook. I I think Westbrook is a floor raiser. That roster was so bad around him that they were still bad anyway. 
but I do think that they will feel his loss here. But they added a bunch of rotation guys. I have no idea what this team is. The line seems perfect to me. Yeah, I was actually watching them last night. I, I, I like the fact that you have a bunch of veteran guys. You got Dinwiddie. You got Kuzma. You got KCP, who's going to add something defensively. You got two guys who have won a championship. Um, and I think that matters when it comes to these young teams. I don't know what's going on with Hachimoria, but I, I like the over here. I think this offense is going to be good enough. It might even be better without Westbrook, to be honest. So I, I was actually going to take this. Matt continues to take every single pick that I, I like. <laughs> I, I feel I good believe, about taking the professional betters picks. That makes me feel better. I believe that we have the Milwaukee Bucks left, right? We do. So I'm going to go ahead and take the over. It's Giannis, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. It's, it's not one of my strongest picks, but when you look at Mike Budenholzer, I mean, he's he wins regular season games. And you got perhaps the best player in the game in Giannis Antetokounmpo. I got to take the over. I mean, Giannis was our consensus MVP best bet. It's still the best bet on the board. It's plus 700 to plus 800 still, depending, and plus 900, depending on where you look at it. If you're going to take this, just take Giannis to win MVP. If you yeah. like them to win more than 55 games, you need to be on Giannis to win MVP. You're getting much better return there. But I don't mind taking it. Um, Drew and Chris having to have that schedule makes me nervous. The bench is weaker. I think some of their underpinnings are a little bit shakier. They won the title. What's their motivation level? All these things are question marks, but Bud and Giannis have a proven track record. Uh, and I think it's okay to follow that. Uh, Brandon, last pick in the draft, buddy. What's Mr. Irrelevant for win totals? Uh, nobody has been more irrelevant for the last half a decade than the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> so I will take the Pistons under 25 and a half. Definitely an easy choice of whether over or under on this one. It's another one of those teams where it's just a chance to fade young guards. I do like Cade Cunningham. I think that he quickly becomes a floor raiser. Um, so that is a little bit of hesitation there. But bring me all the Killian Hayes that we can get. The more Killian plays, the better I will feel about my under here. Um, they, in, in summer league, they were letting Killian play on the ball a lot and Kate off the ball. The more we do that early in the season until they figure out that that is not where the franchise is going here. I will feel great about this under, I feel fine about it. I think they win low twenties. So Pistons under to go over our board. I've got jazz over 51 and a half wolves over 35 and a half nuggets over 47 and a half magic under 22 and a half Hawks over 46 and a half Hornets under 38 and a half Suns under 51 and a half warriors, 47 and a half, uh, over Spurs under 28 and a half and wizards over 34 and a half. Uh, you can find the rest of our picks in the description on the notes for the show. Cause I'm not going to read the rest of those. Um, and we'll put them on Twitter. We'll get a whole graphic up for wh- who we took and where let us know. On Twitter, who you think had the best draft? Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at HB Basketball. Brandon's at Wheaton Brando, W H E A T O N Brando. Uh, Raheem hasn't changed his Twitter name, so I'm not going to disgrace myself by. Uh, it's D-J-R-T-O-D-A-I-Z-Z-A. That's D-J-R to the Izzy. Make sure to download the Action Network app to get all of our preseason content. We're going to have a ton of stuff for you guys, including uh, the MVP future complete breakdown coming on Friday. Make sure to listen to all the great podcasts on the Action Network podcast next week. We're going to be a week out from the start of the season. We'll be doing a roundtable on best bets before the start of the NBA season. We'll talk to you guys again next time. As always, continue to get buckets.